What's up, bootstrappers? And welcome to the Bring Your Own Bootstraps podcast, where we, two female millennial entrepreneurs, are here in your literal ears to guide you how to take your idea from concept to reality. That's right. We are here to tell you via our mistakes and successes on how you can start your own business. And of course, we can't start this podcast without shouting our home network, Rogue Media. We are so excited to join their vast network of podcast creators, and we are ready to get down to business. Literally. Literally. Um, And we also want to shout out our episode sponsor, We Grow the Co. Uh, We Grow the Co. is actually also owned by a female millennial entrepreneur, Jillian O'Reiner, and she has done an amazing job at We Grow the Co., um, really helping businesses take their web presence to the next level. They handle social media, websites, product photography, and more. Seriously, they rock our world. Make sure to follow them on Instagram at We Grow the Co. That's We Grow the Co. They really do a phenomenal job at everything they do, and we are excited to be sponsored by a strong female entrepreneur. Heck yeah, we are. So, uh, should we get started? Let's do it. What's up, bootstrappers? This is Katie Selman Green. And this is Nancy Pulsing. And uh, this is episode one. How exciting. Here's our journey. <laughs> Welcome. It's been a long time. Um, this is ever since I literally called you and was like, Nancy, I've got an idea. Are you in? And uh, you were like, uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I love to see how the idea starts from a really quick phone call. This is what I just thought of. And I'm like, let's do it. I, so It literally came to me that day. Texted Mike. Our producer was like, I've got an idea. Let's talk about it. Came in, talked to him. Moment I walked out the door, got you on the phone and was like, Nancy, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. <laughs> you were obviously my for- first choice. And thank God you said yes, because I had no backups, <laughs> no backup plan. Oh <laughs> well, that's good to know. This would, if, 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 if I didn't have you, it probably would be just me and I'd be here laughing at my own jokes. Um, and as a hilarious as I am, um, I just don't think that would have been that great of a podcast. Um, but like, yeah, no, I think between the two of us, um, we have a lot of different experience and in starting and running and the operation side of businesses. I mean, you have like what, 15, 30, 50 businesses at this point. I try to add to what I do. Um, and you know what? I'm having a blast doing it. I will say that. And you know what? If not now, when? If not now, when? So. Um, if we're going to retire by the age of what, 45? That sounds like a 45 good age. 45. Is, I better be on the beach. <laughs> Although I will say I am very fortunate and lucky to, if I say, hey, I'm headed out, peace out, going to Disney, going to the beach. You will reach me via cell phone or email, but I will be on that beach. <laughs> um, thanks to remote working. Like, am I going to be doing things from my phone? Absolutely. I think that's like the plight of the millennial. You know, it's like I see those TikToks and memes about like millennials who are on vacation. And it's like, it's like millennial going on vacation. It's like their away message. It's like, hey, sorry, I'm on vacation. But if you want to text me, I'll take care of whatever it is at any time. I got it. <laughs> and then like Gen Z on vacation. It's like, um, don't text me. Don't I'm, I live literally don't exist but forget I forget I even exist for at least three weeks thank you <laughs> it's probably good for their mental health bad for ours but you know trauma it's fine 
fine. We just <laughs> chug along. <laughs> just chug along. So um, let's kind of get started on like, let's start from the beginning. And by beginning, I mean like our personal beginning, like our friendship, like how we met um, and how we started getting into business together. And it's been a pretty short journey, honestly. Uh, we met, I would say probably about a year ago um, at Hemingway's Watering Hole. And it's, it's a little interesting how all of our ventures are centered around alcohol. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. That's uh that's wild. We don't have a problem. It's fine. Wait. No problems here. <laughs> we were at a Hemingway's uh, drinking it up. And I just remember, I think you gave me your business card. We were talking about insurance. I was in the process of about to open my bar and I had just gone through the painstaking process of getting business insurance, especially as a first time bar owner. Um, that was, that was really hard because nobody wants to insure somebody who has never owned a bar. And it's like, well, how do you get insurance? If I, how can I get insurance, which you legally have to have it with a bar, um, if nobody will insure me. And so, I mean, it took weeks to, to figure it out and tricks and different, I mean, not tricks. If you're listening to me, insurance company, there were no tricks, um, but just like. I am not associated with the tricks. Either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no tricks were turned <laughs> to get. <laughs> no, but I, I definitely can understand the process of that. I will say with any type of insurance that we have provided and we ourselves have acquired, it has it's been a journey um, as you're starting your business. Um, I will say for like, an, we've insured a lot of um, contractors, a lot of trucking companies. But when we chose to start a trucking company and say, hey, this is how we're going to do it. It takes a lot as a new venture. You know, your, your rates are here because you are a higher risk as a person who supposedly has no background. Despite growing up in the industry, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You're still coming out with your permits. You're all brand new. You're going to get rated as a new higher risk person. Absolutely. So, yeah, I can definitely understand. And, and for someone who's wanting to say, hey, I want to go into business myself um, and you're learning the process of that, it can be a little bit of a weight bearing situation because you're like, is there any other option? What else do I do? And, and it's hard. Yeah. And there's also a lot of, I don't want to say insurance scams, um, but there are a lot of companies out there that are kind of, they go the easy route of insurance. Like you can, it's kind of like one of those one size fits all insurance companies that if you Googled like business insurance, you're going to see all of these you know, ads and things that are coming up at the top of the Google search that have these astronomically high rates. They're a little bit easier to get. Um, but honestly, the coverage themselves, if you dive down into it, it's not good coverage. Right. Um, it's kind of like when you go get the cheapest car insurance you can, obviously, it's pretty much the legal minimum. Right. And <laughs> at the end of the day, you kind of get what you pay for when you're having a really hard time going through a situation that maybe you had a claim and maybe you only took the liability, you know, and, and it's it's a learning process. And the best thing about our podcast is we're here to teach you. Yes, all of the mistakes. And I've made plenty. Um, <laughs> in my in my adult years, I have made plenty. Um, and we'll dive into those. Um, but I will say I'm really excited to do this with you. Um, so, you know, I guess the, the way that we kind of got into business together did not start that night. Um, I ended up already had insurance at that point. So I was signed into a year contract or they talked me into paying for six months up front for discounted rate or something like that. So I was pretty much locked in. What happened was, is one night, um, you know, I, if you don't know, I own a bar. Um, I own a bar in downtown Waco. It's called Stay Classy Waco. Um, and while I've been in the industry for 10-ish years, this is my first time owning a bar. And 
I will tell you, it has always been my dream to own a bar. Um, I love making cocktails. I love that whole atmosphere and everything. But I hate food. I hate, I love eating it. Don't get me wrong. Love eating it. Um, but I hate the kitchen. I hate it. I'm not a good cook. Um, I don't like to deal with all of the, the purchasing of the food. I don't like any of that stuff. And we had hired, um, you know, a person to kind of run our kitchen and then they ended up moving to Austin, uh, blah, 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 blah. I basically was ready to knock down my kitchen and make my bar bigger because I did not (laughs) want this kitchen anymore. I was like, I want cocktails. I don't care about food, but because of insurance, I have to have food. And um, because I'm a first-time bar owner, my rates would be five times if I didn't have food, which is crazy, but the truth. And so um, I was just mentioning, Nancy was mentioning to me. I was mentioning that my best way to de-stress is to cook. And one of the things that I wanted to do as we were in the process of saying, hey, let's purchase a food truck. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then aside from that, I'm also going to have, you know, a mobile mimosa bar. And aside, when, once I get an idea, it just trickles into a Same. big situation. <laughs> Which is how we're at this podcast. Exactly. But <laughs> For sure. So as I was mentioning that, you turned around and you're like, do you want my kitchen? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like um, what, what, is, what does that entail exactly? What am I doing? And we spoke about it. We, you know, we went through the whole situation and it just ventured into what we are now. Stay Classy Waco with Nancy's Cocina in side and we are able to provide the food for the everyone that comes and enjoys their cocktail any beverage that they have and it has been amazing to see what we've kind of grown into together absolutely and I'm addicted to your tacos <laughs> and um my waistline thanks you <laughs> Gosh, those street tacos are so good. Get them uh, all the way. Trust me. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we we kind of built this, and we've do, been doing this for what seven months now. I, I think so. Yeah. Seven months. It feels like it's been longer, but shorter at the same time. It really does. Like honestly, I feel like we've been doing this for so long, but I'm like. But then again, it's been such a short period of time. So short, but uh, it's been going really well. And now you know we've we've built this friendship, and um, the sky's the limit. Sure. Uh, you know what? There's, I don't think there will be a limit. We will find a way to keep going. The limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> mean Girls. The rule is we have to quote Mean Girls once an episode. That's just the that's the rule. Um, excuse me. On Wednesdays we wear pink. Oh man, hey. I wear black. God. Uh, I failed. We should switch mics so I can have the pink mic. <laughs> Purple's kind of in the pink family, right? It's like, if, if like, well, I mean, I know that purple is made with red and blue, but I mean, different shades of purple could be made with like pink and blue, right? Those are our podcast colors. That'd be more like a magenta. Yeah, which is kind of what that is. All shades of pink are welcome in this podcast. Um, so let's kind of like, let's go back even more. So let's rewind the VHS tape a little bit more. And let's kind of like start with you and like, your entrepreneurial journey. So you started your first business at 20. Tell me about that and how that even started. So um, I'm going to say, I feel that I did not fully receive the artistic talent. Do not quote that, Eric, which I have been trying to get myself a small little tiny wall to paint at Eastside. Um, my brother paints every single time. And of course, I'm like, Eric, we're siblings it's in the genes and he always tells me it doesn't work that way I'm like but it could (laughs) if you gave me a chance but anyhow my siblings were very gifted they can draw they can spray paint they can paint whatever they touch all of a sudden is art and so I was more of arts craftsy type of 
situation. Every now I'll sit there and paint something. Um, but I was really good at like, you know, knitting, crocheting. And then I started making handmade bows and handmade um, headbands. And while I was at Baylor, um, there was a shop across the street, which I believe it was Hearts and Things. It, it was in where um, Heritage Creamery is now. And so I had my um, my stuff there. And so that was really my first business as I was um, at Baylor every now and then bartending from time to time. You know, as we we're going through college, you're going to make killer tips. So of course, you're gonna, <laughs> that's going to be your job. Um, but I had um, a, like a little space booth there and I was selling that. And so I would make it. I'd go check the inventory. I'd make more. And so that's kind of how that grew. But um, I will say I learned from my parents, both of them were kind of like they worked and then they, my mom started her own business and it's just kind of was something I grew up with, you know, knowing that if, if it's something you want, you're going to, you're going to go after it and you can do it. Absolutely. Uh, my parents kind of were the same where they were both, you know, my mom was a teacher, but she always had side businesses. Like I remember in high school, she had a candle making business called Sensational Creations. And she had this one candle called Butt Naked. And so I told her she needed a t-shirt that said, I like getting butt naked. And then it said candles. <laughs> uh, and those sold like crazy um, in the small town of Douglas, Georgia. But um, my dad also was a serial entrepreneur, always starting businesses, always had an idea. Um, and I think that that just really, you know, ingrained in me that, you know, if you want something, you've got to, you just got to do it yourself sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where I've never been afraid to try. Um, and I think that's kind of like half of the entrepreneurial journey is just having the guts to be like, I could fail. I might fail. I probably will fail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just kind of like jumping in. And um, I will say my first, I guess my first LLC filing probably wasn't until I was 27, um, which I filed an LLC, immediately folded it. It was a terrible idea. It was the worst business idea I've had. And I've had a lot of good business ideas and I've had some really bad ones. <laughs> Um, I was going to go into the custom wood door building business. I wasn't going to make them myself. I was going to uh, get other people to build them. <laughs> I don't even want to know how that idea I don't came even up. know how that idea came to be. Um, I just thought it was this brilliant idea, and it obviously fizzled very fast. Then I had this idea that I wanted to create a mobile recording studio slash practice studio like um okay. so Jacob was in a band at the time we had just moved to Waco and I there was no uh, like rehearsal spaces for people to rent out and Jacob was starting a band and I didn't want him practicing in my apartment so um I was like oh my gosh this would be such a good idea my dad built has a uh place where he builds f portable buildings and I was like we could take this portable building and insulate it and make it bougie and have like a reception area and people could like buy snacks so that would be another residual like income of them buying snacks and stuff like that and then they could rent the space practice turn it into a recording studio um and that was an idea that never came to fruition um I feel like I'm kind of sitting in that space right now I feel like you're describing rogue media <laughs> <laughs> this is way before then but it obviously that was not my thing but that is that idea turned into keep like loud and um when we were looking for because jacob had started a band and you know looking for you know more bands that were out there in waco and that's kind of how that grew and that became my first business was keep waco loud oh. yeah it's just kind of like one of those like fun fact the website domain um for the 
wooden door thing, which I had bought because when I get an idea, just like with Keep Waco Loud, I literally run with it so effing fast that I create the logo, the brand, I got, I buy the domain name, I get the website, I do all of those things all in the same day. And I did that with the wood door business. And I was like, oh, I just spent like 300 bucks on all of this stuff, 600 if you count the LLC. And I was like, I should just change the name for all of this stuff and just keep so that so if accidentally every once in a while, because in my emails, I'll send an email from Katie at Keep Waco Loud and it has Katie at that really bad name for the wood door company accidentally there. And Jacob would be like, why did you just send an email from that? I'm like, oh, it's still attached because <laughs> it's still like it's still attached to it. That is crazy. But, you know, it's good that when you do that, I will say that when you come up with an idea and you're like, hey, this is what I need to do. It's good to do that research to go and see if the domain's available. And then one of the things that we did um I guess now as a grown up person that we're supposed to be um, Parkway National was not Parkway National the entire time. We're trying to come up with a name and everything. Although if you look at my logo, it's PN for Nancy Pulsing. Don't tell my husband. I love that. And so um, <laughs> I always kind of have to have it a little bit better, but um, we go through and we look for the domain. But another thing that we started researching is you want to have a phone number that somebody can call you and it's an easy number. Absolutely. And so to go through and, and look for the logo, look for the domain, look look for phone numbers, it's crazy how much goes into the idea of you building this business. And then you start acquiring those. And we, I will say we acquired multiple different domains, which now, even though we didn't use them, Brian always tells me, um, you know, the, the domain we bought that we never used, um, it's now worth like $250 in case somebody wants it because yeah. the domain is popular. And I'm like, well, at this point, that should be my next business, acquiring <laughs> domains and then selling them to somebody that People wants it. People do that. Yeah. So my dad really wanted, um, so d my dad, again, builds storage sheds. He also had a repair business for storage sheds and he wanted wanted shed doctor it's a brilliant domain name right? right somebody somebody out there at some point went and bought almost every single version of the word doctor so it could be door doctor window doctor tree doctor roof doctor right. brilliant that they went and bought all of these probably for nothing, nothing. and a, he bought that domain for like fifteen hundred dollars it's like Wow. Luckily, BYO bootstraps was, was, was already the standard available. 20. It was the standard 20. <laughs> and we now own it for a year. So good on us. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but another idea. Go buy domains and wait for them to get their hype up. And all of a sudden, you've got a couple extra bucks in your pocket. Exactly. Passive income, which I love the concept of passive income. It's like all these multiple different streams um, of income. And, you know, that's kind of like what, you know, Nancy's Cosina. This definitely, I mean, honest, it's the same thing with the bar, honestly. The bar is not paying my bills. The bar pays its own bills. That's all it pays right now. We're only within our first year. Um, but same with Nancy's Cosina. It's, it's, it's really just, it makes you happy. And then also it can grow into something else. Right. And so it's definitely, I think we, we had that discussion not too long ago where I'm like, well, luckily we're still having fun and we're enjoying it. Um, but it's also paying for itself. It's not something that's costing and, and kind of putting a hole in our pocket. Um, insurance continues to be my, my main gig, I guess. And, and I love everything that I do. Um, secondary to that is going to be trucking. I will never leave that. I, I would probably leave insurance before I leave trucking. Really? Mm -hmm. Even though insurance is like the most lucrative. Even though, yeah. I still just have a love and joy for it. Um, I was driving the other day, um, one of the big rigs and Brian was like, so are, are we going to have you as a driver? 
I was like, look, I have actually said that, that I would go in and do the test. Cause you know, my dad's like, I'll, I'll show you and I'll teach you what you need to know. Um, I'm like, but every time I mention that my insurance, I'm like, could you be my driver just for like a load or two? Cause it's <laughs> so hard in the industry to find a driver that's clean record and that isn't going to kind of cost you an upcharge in your insurance. And I'm like, no, I will not drive alone. <laughs> no. And my dad has a CDL. And once you get your CDL, you hold on to that because yes. they are hard to get again. And they're strict. Like they're you- so strict, though. And I, not that I'm saying I would ever speed or, you know, I'm a perfectly safe driver. But let's just say I happen to be going, you know, 45 in a 30. I'm going to get a ticket that's going to be probably twice the price as a regular license because of that CDL. So I've always been really scared about that because you just never know what an emergency might come up. And I might have a little bit of a lead foot that one day. And then I get punished for it. And also, even if you're just driving your regular car, it's points on your CDL drive, driver's license, correct? Correct. Ugh. Anything counts. So I've, I've had that when we were, when we were running VRs. I can see that, hey, you had an F all accident, but not behind the rig. I'm like, yeah, but your personal auto counts too. Ugh. I mean, it's linked. Does it count against you if you get in an accident that's not your fault? Um, I mean, they still see it because we'll be able to see that in the report, but um, you won't exactly get the points for it. So in a system, like when we're running reports and I'm trying to, you know, figure out, and this is one of my customers that I have, I have four of their drivers and we've got drivers with zero points, meaning they've never had any accidents or tickets. I've got drivers with one or two points, minor violations. I've had drivers with nine points. Wow. Horrific. Wow. And when, talk about when they want to shop their rates, I'm like, (laughs) can we talk about removing the one driver and how like dramatically it would decrease your your um, insurance price but rather it's their child their sibling whatever they will keep them and at with this account which I've worked really really hard to, to you know clean them up a bit and get them back to where they need to be but when I first received this account um, a nine point driver was a rate increase of fifty seven thousand dollars and they paid it that year wow and that was crazy it's crazy for me to see because there are carriers out there. They will give you a surcharge if you do have that, uh, you know, um, a violation, especially a nine point by, you know, nine points of, of violations. Absolutely. So We're going to have an entire episode dedicated to insurance, um, which, you know, we can go into and then all the nitty gritty. Um, but, you know, it that is something that is so important to a beginning business owner is you've got to have insurance. And I know insurance is one of those things that like, it's kind of a dirty word and nobody likes insurance. Nobody p- likes paying for insurance. It's like event insurance. Like we keep like a louder with the bar. It's like, yeah, I don't want to have to cut that check for 500 bucks. You know, I don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, if something happens, they will own my business. My business will close everything you worked for because everything will get tied up in litigation or whatever. And, and you have to remember in this day and age, you can get sued for anything, anything. It's, it's nuts whether they win or lose and, you know, and it's as long as you can get a lawyer to sign off that they'll do it. And then the stress that goes from just getting that first letter that says, Hey, you're being sued for X, Y, Z. And now you have to start the process. I'm like, okay, how do I respond? Do I need my attorney? And let's, you know, attorneys are not cheap either. No. So rather it's defending yourself or, or receiving that either way, insurance is there to protect you as much as it may be a nuisance for so many people. Um, you know, one thing that I've had a lot of experience in, um, is actually doing the compliance and back work of businesses. Um, I've actually worked with 20 
maybe even 30. I've honestly, if I had to sit down and count, but I don't have time for that. Um, Venture-based startups and getting to see them and the mistakes that they've made early on. You know, I've worked with companies that had 15 employees and now they have 300 plus and I've seen them go through mass layoffs. I've seen them, you know, not build the right infrastructure to handle all of those employees. I've seen them, you know, literally like, start building processes that are so messy that I'm like, you've got to clean these up because I promise you this is going to cause you issues when you get 10 to 15 more people. And, you know, it's really cool to where I, I feel like I've had the experience of not only owning my own business, but seeing people at these starting points with businesses and being able to kind of get that experience without actually having to put in a lot of the work. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to like use that knowledge and use those mistakes and kind of be able to anonymously talk about those, you know, those companies those that companies. I've worked with. And that's, that's amazing. Uh, one of the biggest things that we've done as we've entered into different businesses is there are going to be times that we say, oh, you know, earlier you were talking about failures and, and what you've done. And, and sometimes we have failed. Um, I've always, I've loved saying that there are times that we may fail. There's times when we may not get where we needed to be. Um, but I still feel like I failed successfully because I learned from it. And it teaches me what I needed to do now to still reach my goal. Because at the end of the day, the goal is to have this business and for it to be, um, you know, to be able to profit and to be able to to pay for itself. That's still the goal. I'm not changing my goal. I'm just going to change the journey to get me there. Absolutely. Failure literally is it's such a negative word with a lot of negative connotation. But again, failures are just lessons. And that's what I really want to do is I want to be able to bestow upon people these lessons and these ideas and things that we've learned along the way of how to fix and and reposition yourself for success right and I'm, I'm loving what we're doing I love it too it's gonna be fun um and it's gonna be a lot of fun and I really am excited each episode this season is going to be a very specific topic so we will touch base on payroll filing that LLC insurance with the insurance queen over here um and so much more and so I'm really excited to um yeah just share and we do not I went on an entire rant about we do not gatekeep as a woman business owner I do not want to gatekeep my success or my failure um, for other women business owners or any business owner honestly because you know our success is everyone's success. You know, we're not a chain restaurant. We're not this huge money-backed, you know, like I don't have unlimited pockets of, you know, money just sitting everywhere. It's quite the opposite. You know, I, I like to say I run a bar on a shoestring budget. You know, <laughs> I bought my tables on Facebook Marketplace for Christ's sake. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I want everyone to succeed and I want everyone to have the opportunity. If you have a dream and you have an idea and you want to own a business, do it and let me help you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when we started um, Parkwood National Insurance Group, it just feels like in, in the insurance industry is so cutthroat. You don't always find um, the help or, or the advice. And so we've stumbled upon things that we're, we had to overcome ourselves and there's just no, there's no secret in it. You know, everybody can sit at the table. Everybody can eat. There's, 
billions of people in the world that need insurance, that need insurance, <laughs> not one single agent or agency can cover it. So just because somebody is getting in the same industry as you, it doesn't mean we gatekeep. It means we're going to reach down and say, hey, this is what I went through. Um, any advice that you need, you know, give me a call. And then we find um, a way to partner in one way or another. You know, yesterday I went to a, a class that um, the chamber was giving about um, insurance with another agency. And I wanted to go in here, you know, what they're teaching and, and show up as a supporting person to Absolutely. say, hey, you're doing great. Um, and it's good to do that. You know, be a patron of another business to be able to refer business or just to be able to support it. Um, it really costs nothing to hit like, share, you know, those little things that you can do if you're like, well, this isn't for me, but I'll just go ahead and, you know, post or re share whatever they're they're trying to do and just be able to show that we're all supporting each other. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's like if there was only one bar, it probably would suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, We'd be very crowded. We'd be so crowded. And I'm the first person to tell people like, oh, especially when I have uh, tourists that come in, like, Oh, you can go to this bar. You go to that bar. This is my favorite bar to go to. Oh, when we close, we go to that bar. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's just, we're, there's so, there's so many people out there who want to drink. There's so many people who need insurance. There's so many people who are hungry. I mean, there is way, and it's, even with podcasts, there are a billion out there, right. you know, it's just support all and and just let's we're all in this together guys and down with walmart just kidding if you want to sponsor me walmart you can you can sponsor me i uh, i have no problem folding for any corporate business i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just joking i'm gonna choose h-e-b but you know oh, what we'll see who we get first let's go for h-e-b we're going h-e-b is always so supportive we're going national there you go <laughs> all right well i think that's pretty much it um i guess any last words nancy no, I'm just looking forward to see what we bring and um, also getting to hear your feedback, guys. Whenever you guys are hitting subscribe and they're listening, make sure you guys leave comments. Um, head over to our social media. Um, hit like, message us, let us know what you'd like to hear, what you want to learn about. Yeah, if you've got any questions, send them over. We'll answer them. And um, we really appreciate your support. Um, if you like what you hear, make sure you just subscribe on your favorite podcast network um, and tune in next time for uh, Bring Your Own Bootstraps. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.